Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. I'm Joe Oberly, Senior Writer at vikingsterritory.com and purpleptst.com and author of The Viking Baikus. I'm sure you've all seen it. And uh, that's Mark Craig. He's the Vikings writer and NFL insider. Long time for the Star Tribune and startribune.com. And uh, I'm sure you've seen his stuff. He... uh, uh, he just wrote a story about quarterbacks that we have to talk about since this is the bye week. There wasn't a game to review, uh, but uh, the Vikings are at a quite a huge turning point, and we'll talk about their playoff situation in a bit. But right now, the biggest question facing them is who's going to be the signal caller on Sunday when they take on the Las Vegas Raiders out in uh, La La Land, or not La La Land, in Sin City, I guess is the nickname. And um, – you know, I'll let Mark go off on this. I mean, he had three three, three opportunities. You got Dob, uh, Joshua Dobbs, who's been playing for him the last four games. You got the backup, uh, uh, Nick Mullins, who just came came off of IR for back injury for after, recently. And you got Jaron Hall, the rookie, who got a short stint for a, a couple series before he got injured. So, um, you know, everybody's been talking about this. Everybody's got their opinion. I think uh, I'm I'm kind of in alignment with Mark that Dobbs should be get another shot, but uh, uh, I think the Vikings are going to announce it later today after we uh, uh, finish this podcast. So we'll just speculate on who it's going to be. And it, it gets, there's a lot there's a lot out signs out there that it is pointing to Dobbs, but we don't know. So Mark, well, what are your thoughts? Yeah, as I pointed out in the story today, I said I don't know if people want me to speculate. I said I went. Well, my week is uh, I went 0-5 on my picks for the Star Tribune. It was highlighted by the lock of the week on Monday night. You know, Jake Browning in Jacksonville against that defense, I figured that's a lock of the week. And then Jake has a has a Hall of Fame-type game, uh, and they win that game. So I went 0-5 for, for that. Lost my survivor pool pick on uh, Arizona goes into Pittsburgh and wins. It's the first time in my life I was upset that Pittsburgh lost a game. Uh, then I got COVID. Then my wife got COVID, and I just found out that my daughter has COVID. After so, other than that, Mark, uh, one good thing at least you didn't have a Vikings pick to pick this past week and lose on that one too. Well, so. well that's coming up here later. So, um, <laughs> but no, as far as the quarterback, you know, my it's so hard, and a lot of people can't do this, but if, maybe more can. You just hear the ones who can't do it on on Twitter or whatever. They just their knee jerk reactions and. To me, it's look. You look at the totality of the, you look at the total picture of what, uh, uh, of what Dobbs has done, and you know there's there's more good considering where he came from. He just he just landed in, and they threw him into the home. You know he's starting five or not starting, but he's playing five days later. Um, he helped to win two games. He did a lot of really good things in that Denver game. He did a lot of good things to help them win, but they lost because of some stuff he did. And in this the Bears game, well, they lost. Uh, large part because of things he did wrong. So I don't blame Kevin O'Connell for saying, hey, you know, sort of sending him a message and also just covering your bets, you know, because you, you do need a week to think about what they wanted to do. Uh, but I think we're going to find out here soon is that they're going to name, you know, he's going to be, he's going to continue being the starter. They're going to give him a start with an opportunity to play with Justin Jefferson, which I think they owe him that, you know, mm-hmm. also because I think they gambled and lost on the fact that they thought they could beat the Bears without Justin, um, and, and they they lost that bet. And, you know, maybe Justin doesn't win the game for him, but, I you know, that, down the stretch I would rather be throwing to Justin Jefferson than Brandon Powell whenever, when you're trying to get back into the, you know, into the game. So um, I think that's what's going to happen, and I think that's what should happen. And you he comes back with a um, – you know, uh, there's going to be some. Uh, they're going to make the rocket scientist understand that he's not. You know, he has some plays like Patrick Mahomes, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's a good backup who needs some parameters and some punishment that might come with it if he's too careless with the ball. Well, you know, I, I'm the other. Got to be devil's advocate for a bit because I generally agree with your assessment there. Um, but when you lay it out like that, you know, he was thrown in for those two weeks, and they won. You know, and he was playing on instinct more than than any real knowledge of the system and what they wanted to do. And he was having Kevin O'Connell, you know, direct him through the microphone as long as he could to what he had, what he was, what he was seeing and what he, how he needed to respond. And so then he got 
you know, two weeks after that, which after some time to get settled in, to get to get used to the system. And that's where all of a sudden the roof fell in. Um, I'm wondering if if those first two weeks are a bad sign that he did so well because he wasn't, you know, doing what they wanted to do. And then, you know, then you get you, you should be improving with the system. And what happens is he started not looked clearly uncomfortable on Monday night against uh, 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 the Bears. You know, uh, you know the, the offensive line didn't help him out. But I'm I'm you know as a Devils advocate, I just want to say, well, gosh, I mean that to me could make a case for not starting because now maybe this is the real jo Josh Jobs in this system these last two weeks. And oh my goodness, if that's the case, I mean he's he's the leading turnover machine in the NFL. You know, so yeah, even even that that Atlanta game that that he helped win, um, you know, his first mm -hmm. three of his first five snaps, I think, were turnovers. So he did he did a lot of bad things there. Yeah. Um, the game he loses, you know, he has the three turnovers or whatever. Um, I think he had three, but um, yeah. I know the team had three turnovers, but he also had that great run for a touchdown. He had that great where he came up to the sideline and threw it to uh, Oliver. Yeah, uh, a lot of good things. You know, what one thing you know media and we talk a lot about how smart offensive coaches are oh they're offensive you know you know they make they do this they do that well you know there's defensive guys that are still smart in this league too and they they had you know a couple of weeks to okay they have josh dobbs here's what josh dobbs does and they really study what he did and um yeah you know, and they they make adjustments and well now if you're going to have this offensive coach, that's uh, I think is I do think, and I'm not being sarcastic. I think this guy is is a quality quality coach who has the potential to be a really good coach, um, and he's on the offensive side, which is seems to be a better fit for the modern game. Uh, former quarterback, it's his turn now. He's had a bye week. It's his turn now to okay. What do you got? You know, not only do what do you have with Josh Dobbs. But what do you have with Josh Dobbs and Justin Jefferson together for the first time? So, um, you know, who knows? I mean, it, we could be look, we could be talking about Nick Mullins starting next week. But I think right now where they are, it's Josh Dobbs is the logical choice to give him another shot. I mean, he's the he's the highest uh, ceiling that you have. Um, you know, why not you go with him one more at least? I really don't have any desire to to see Nick Mullins in there just because I kind of know what, where he's what he, his floor and ceiling are. Um, I'm not, you know, haven't seen a lot of, but I I just feel like the kind of quarterback he is, and I've been so excited about the quarterback by legs as well as an arm, you know, in Dobbs and even in Jaron Hall. That if I would uh, throw in. Dobbs on Sunday, and if he started becoming a fumble machine again, or a turnover machine, or and making those throws in just panic that we saw uh, the last time they played, I'd give Jaron Hall a, a shot. I'd put him in past Mullins and and see what he could do. You know, and and certainly going forward, if if we found out that Dobbs wasn't the guy to handle it, because I, you know you got to see what you have in Jaron Hall before you you eventually go and draft somebody else and and if 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 we're going to lose on Sunday and then struggle with the Packers and certainly the Lions and may, even the Bengals maybe as now that they got uh the juggernaut in in uh <laughs> Jake Browning I I'd, I'd rather see what you got in Jaron Hall than than Nick Mullins Nick Mullins I emotionally does nothing for me but you know I what were your thoughts there? yeah I mean, we just don't we just don't know I mean just this has been a league you know there's been 50 uh 53 or 54 starting quarterbacks we've had we've just seen all kinds of uh unexpected you know from Dobbs you know uh, three weeks ago <clears throat> we were asking the world was asking how could Arizona and Cleveland let you know uh, Josh Dobbs leave and how brilliant Minnesota is well then it went from Monday night it was well, why did they get Josh Dobbs when they could have kept Jake Browning? And so it's just like this. Another Zim QB uh, casualty. Yeah, you know, so it's just all these wild, you know, like uh, things unfolding at quarterback around the league. So, uh, but yeah, when it, a quick hook, you know, this this decision should come with a quick hook. They didn't have a quick hook against the Bears. Um, you know, O'Connell did in a roundabout way admitted that they did think about you know, making a change at quarterback during the Bears game. I think yep. if you see if you see similar a similar um, you know script unfold, it, it'll be a quicker hook this time. Uh, 
And I would think is when it comes to Josh Dobbs, the best way I could probably sum it up would be there's a fine line between confidence and overconfidence. And he crossed that line somewhere in the mm. maybe the Bears game, the Broncos game, where he, you know, because he was rewarded for some of that carelessness against yeah. one throw against the Broncos where he he sort of shot putted it up into up into the air and it, it went right into um uh Oliver or one of their well, I think it was a tight end that you know yeah. Oliver 20 into the red zone and um so then you saw that continue into the Bears game where there was one where he just chucked it over the line of scrimmage and it got bounced around like a pinball and I think he might have been throwing to um DJ Ham or whatever, but it was clearly just a yeah, you know, just a prayer like it was a Hail Mary or something. So, you know, that's got to be eliminated. That that has and he's smart and he's obviously we've all chronicled how smart he is. Uh, he just needs to find a balance between the confidence and the overconfidence. I'm thinking when you're uh figuring out uh uh engineering equations, uh sitting at your desk doing that, you don't have uh 300 pound lineman charging at you and you got to make a quick decision. So, I mean, he is smart. I'm not saying that he's not. I'm just saying uh, it's a whole different ball game. They're smart and there's lightning quick. You got to make lightning quick decisions in, in, in this game at quarterback. It's, it's an amazingly tough position, but uh, yeah, you know, yeah. You're talking about the Jake Browning thing. I watched that game on Monday night and I was surprised as you were. Uh, I was counting on the, the Bengals to, to lose that one and to be bad. So that when the Vikings play them in a couple weeks that, uh, you know, I can have confidence going into that one, but you know, maybe not so much. What did you see there? Should the Vikings have hung on to him after all their litany of backup quarterbacks? I mean, I mean you wouldn't be having people like uh, Trevor Simeon who might even play this week or, or gosh, uh, who's the guy that's, that they uh, who was the other guy that they've had in and out here that uh, was just in the practice squad maybe still is I mean we wouldn't yeah. have had that if you hang on to someone like Jake Browning yeah I mean Sean Mannion I mean yeah yeah I don't I don't know it's, I, I think it probably needs to see a little bigger uh, sample size in two games but you know 354 yards the the, the completion percentage was crazy 86.5 right uh, 32 of 38 I believe um, no turnovers. It was funny because Troy Aikman, obviously three-time Super Bowl champion, Hall of Famer, he made a crack about, he's like, well, you know, something, something about, can you believe what Jake Browning is doing in his second game? And and Troy Aikman laughed and said, he goes, there's guys that play 10, 12 years in the league don't have a night like he's having. Wow. And you go and you look at Troy, a different era, uh, you know, they, they still ran the ball with Emmett Smith and everything, but, uh, you know, Emmett or um, – uh, Troy played 12 years and never completed 86 and at 0.5%. <laughs> only three or I think five times did he throw for more yards. Only three times did he have uh, um, as many completions. So, um, yeah, just one of those games where, and he certainly looked unflappable. There's a lot of times you'll say, oh, God, it looks unflappable. I mean, they used to say that about, uh, in golf or Retief Goosen or whatever, they were saying it on the first tee at Augusta one time and he freaking duck hooked a ball into the, into the left side there. And it was like, yeah, I think he's, I think he's flapping now, you know, it's, but Jake certainly looked unflappable and, yes. uh, and Josh Dobbs certainly looked flappable. Well, I think that some of it might come with, I mean, these are human beings as well. Absolutely. Some of it might come with, you got nothing to lose. You got nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, you know, and then suddenly you do have something to lose. I mean, you, th- you can't tell me that the, the, the wheels don't start turning about like, hey, you know, if I play a certain way, if I make these Mahomes-like plays, if I um, could keep doing this, that, that you know, I, I'm going to be the starting quarterback of this team next year, not Kirk Cousins. And so I would think some of that all weighs into all this, you know, yeah. just more of, you know, this is why you have a coach like O'Connell. You know, O'Connell is, this is, his wheelhouse. This is what he should be able to not say fix, but he should be able to maneuver, especially as, as horrible as the NFC is, to get him into the NFC. And then say say you're sitting at six in the NFC and the and the Lions are three. You know, and the Lions, I mean, we don't know, you don't know what you're getting with the Lions. You, you, yeah. you could get an embarrassing, terrible performance, or you could get a 
the top five offensive performance. You just don't know with them. So they would be a really attractive opening round uh, opponent, yeah. I think. Especially after playing him two out of the three, previous three weeks. Uh, you mentioned uh, uh, Josh Dobbs deserves a, a game with Justin Jefferson. Um, and it, the, the consensus is that he's coming back this week. Uh, um you know, I, I agree with that. I'd like to see him together. You wonder if that's that's a whole new uh, element that he's got to fold into this as well. You know, maybe he's get, starting to get used to his receivers. I read this morning that, you know, uh, Jordan Addison hasn't scored a touchdown since Kirk left. And so, he, you know, there's there's something maybe missing there. And I don't – you know, I, I, I'm not going to say that uh, bringing Jefferson back is going to screw things up for Dobbs but, uh, because it, it, pro- it shouldn't. But it, it is a new dynamic. I, I heard uh, Pat McAfee uh, talking to Jeff Saturday on his show this morning, and they were talking about the game last year, the thirty-three to enough, thirty-three to nothing at halftime. This guy asked him, "What did you guys do at the Colts? What did you do at halftime with the Vikings when you're up thirty-three nothing? Go eat oranges and figure <laughs> you had the game," which I thought was very funny, and. Uh, and he was talking about, you know, the different things that they were going through. And, and he, he Saturday kept saying to his teammates at halftime, he says, he goes, we're in trouble. We ain't been moving the ball, blah, 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 blah. And then he said, uh, he says, Jefferson, you know, they, they couldn't stop him, you know. And, and some guy says to him, uh, what what coverage do we got on him out there? You know, why can't and, – and, and the other guy says, we've used them all. <laughs> we can't stop him. We've used all the coverages, you know. So uh, that's a long way to say – Jefferson's coming back and he should pr- promote some problems. He should open things up for the other receivers and it should help Dobbs if, uh, if the offensive line can uh, get back to protecting him. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I'll say it again. I said it last week, but had this not been the bye week last week, I, I think Jefferson would have played against the bears. I think it was time for him to play. Yeah. Uh, they just took a, they took a little gamble and said, let's give him one more week. Uh, Jefferson people probably without that contract, and I don't blame him. Without yeah. that contract, he comes back uh, he, he, and, and he hurts himself, and he's gone for the, almost the entire year. And that you know, you can say what you want. That money's coming down, and so um, you know they they gambled, they lost, they lost a, a big game. Uh, you know, you look at what happened mm-hmm. to them during the bye week. Oh, uh, six and six. Wait, and, wait, right, we're going to talk about it in the next segment. Don't everything yeah. tightened up. Yeah, by yeah. them, by them thinking we could beat the Bears uh, without him, and you know, again, it's 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 hard to say these things whenever you're on the outside. But having you know, reading between the lines and and just knowing the situation and everything, um, he could have played. And because immediately it was like the day after when they said, "Well, he's you know he's active. We're going to make him." They had a plan to go to take this through the bye week. I yeah. thought. I think going into the Bears game, I said he would play because I thought that they would have a little more urgency with the division game. The fact that you know the Bears—they're not—they're in no position without Kirk to be saying, "Well, we're better than the Bears, or we're better than anybody, really." Um, yeah, you can't not the NFL. You can't. You, you've, no. you've proven that many times. Uh, said, said that, you know. But but then on the other side of the coin, I saw the Packers game against the the Chiefs and. Uh, Saw uh, Christian Watson pull up with a hammy, and that's what hurt him early in the season. Not saying that he was brought back too soon, but he pulled up lane grab and his hamstring again. So it, it is such a tricky injury. You want to be sure, but I agree with you. He should have played. They they needed him last Monday night, and maybe they – hopefully it doesn't come back to bite him. They will be getting a, a Caleb Evans back uh, th- this, this week as well, which will help them, should help the defense a little bit, which is the – unit that's holding him in these games. So that, that that's a that's a big get. He's been having a good season until he 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 went out. Yeah, I mean this is a defensive team now. This is the, the strength is their defense. I mean they still have skill, you know, some exceptional skill on offense. But you know they're gonna win with defense. <clears throat> the way they're gonna win is go to is go to Vegas and and Brian Flores throws stuff at Aiden O'Connell that he can't handle. Um so yeah, having a Caleb Evans, um, you know what what Flores has done without really a an elite corner has has been, you know, and then you lose a Caleb who I think is probably their best corner. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Murphy's good, but he's not exceptional. Uh, Blackman is a rookie. Um, just the way they play, that they're 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 redefining parts of how they, you know, like the Josh Metellus and his role, things like that. What they've done is and com- and combining that with the pass rush, and doing the pass rush without Davenport, a guy that they you know prized right. that they went and somehow making DJ Wonham that guy that that they wanted uh, uh, Davenport to be uh, has been impressive. And so yeah, but uh, Caleb Evans makes them better and. Uh, you know that they're gonna they're going they're only gonna win if the defense steps up and the offense doesn't turn the ball over. Are they ever gonna get back? Uh, Davenport? <laughs> is he ever gonna play again? I I wouldn't count on him because even if he came back now, he would have to get in shape. They would have to have the, they'd have to put the three weeks on him, and then he you know I don't see that happening. But um, he certainly be a guy that you know you, you say you make the playoffs and you you get him ready and amped up, ready to turn him loose in the first playoff game in Detroit, you know, that would be good. Yeah. Well, Mark needs a COVID break here, COVID cough break, so you got to give it to him. So we'll take a quick break here, and we'll be back with more on Vikings Territory Breakdown. All right, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Uh, Mark Craig here from the Star Tribune and uh, COVID Central at his house. And, you know, he's he's like that old – Dan Jenkins book. You got to play hurt. Mark Mark's out here giving her hell anyway, even though he's on the men from COVID. They, they won't let me go anywhere. <laughs> you might as well do this, right? Well, you know, we want to talk about the playoff situation. And uh, like like you said earlier, when as the Vikings were off jetting around the country on their buy or doing whatever they were doing, and and uh, the the personnel department was deep at TCO trying to figure out who they're going to put at quarterback. Uh, the things tighten up for them in the NFC. The Vikings are they were six and six and in the sixth spot, and they maintained that sixth spot. But the Packers beat the Chiefs and moved into up to six and six. They got a three-game winning streak going, and they're in the seventh spot. And right behind them at six and six are also the Rams and the Seahawks. So they're uh, uh, it, it is it is tightening up fast. The Vikings do have a game with the Packers later in the year. Uh, in December, and uh, but the Packers have a little bit easier schedule than the, the Vikings. Although I'm not going to lean on that because, as we've learned, that doesn't mean doodly squat in in the NFL. You can have anybody can beat anybody. You know, look at look at uh, the injured Cincinnati beating uh, who'd they beat on Monday night? Jacksonville. Thank you. And and you got uh, the Chiefs that can't seem to find get their offense going. They're getting beat by everybody, including the Packers. Um, but you know the Vikings. I would say they do have a tough schedule with two two games on the road with going to Vegas, and then going to Cincinnati, and then uh, uh, they got Lions, Packers, Lions to finish out the season. That is not uh, that's formidable. So, what, what do you think of this situation? What do you think of their chances and and uh, uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, heading into the bye week, I wrote you know, basically there, there's ten teams there that that they're competing with for that final you know two spots. Wow, including you know including the 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 winner of the or the loser of the whoever loses that or whoever wins the NFC South you know, gets that four spot, and that could be right. a sub five hundred team. So they're they're kind of in that mix as well. But I would say now, you know, maybe the only teams that are out are Carolina, Arizona, and Washington. You know, Washington's got nine losses now. Uh, they basically, they've given up. They traded their edge rushers. They fired their defensive coordinator. Um, but, you know, I'd say everyone else is kind of in that mix. And right now, of those of those 10 teams that I wrote about, the Packers were the hottest team they had won in the last month. They mm-hmm. were 3-1, and then they beat – Kansas City, who is is a Viking saw. Kansas City was beatable. It, it, you know, you just you don't want to turn the ball over on the opening drive like the Vikings did in that game. And Kansas City goes down and scores a touchdown, changes the whole game. Uh, but yeah, looking ahead at schedules, it's it's just so uh, like you look at the the Vikings right now. Once again, the the Forty ers have reestablished themselves as the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. Well, two weeks before they played the Vikings, they were the best team in the league. Then they lost at Cleveland. Then they lost to the Vikings. Then they lost another game, and they were like, "Okay, well, we the 49ers are gone." Well, then they turned it around, got healthy, 
they're now the best team in the league again. So the Vikings beat the 49ers, but I sure wouldn't want to play them again right now <laughs> if I was the Vikings. No. Um, so, in, in you know, Jake Brown had that great game on Monday, but let's see him do it again, you know, in Cincinnati. I, you know, I, I don't know if that – who knows what that game is going to be. But it, it, that's a, when you look at schedules, that's just the case all the time if it's when you play them. Uh, like if you're playing Jacksonville, not, you know, this week, you know, I would think Trevor Lawrence probably doesn't play because he hurt his ankle at the end of that game. Yep. Um, you know, it's just been this – and that's the way it is every year in the NFL. They, there were 69 starting quarterbacks last year. So uh, this, this happens week to week. Uh, but, but yeah, they, I would say the Packers right now are the hottest team of that of that group that's fighting for the six and seven. And ironically, the year after Favre and, and Rodgers are that streak, 30-some-year streak is gone. The Packers are one of the few teams, not, I shouldn't say few, but I think there's 17, 18 teams where a quarterback has played, has started every game. And when you know, the Packers are one of them. Um, I, yeah, they are playing well. And it, it it's uh, a lot of it's attributable to uh, Jordan Love playing better than he did earlier in the year. And, and that was to be expected. I'm still not ready to anoint him as the, the, uh, the, the next in the line of future Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I know you're not either, but uh, I, I want to see what uh, – Flores does with them second time through at at the faster carpet at home and in, in uh, at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. I mean, everybody that comes to to uh, uh, Lambo these days, it seems like they never have the right spikes. I mean, I wasn't you know there wasn't slipping going on in this game the other night, but you never know. It seems like the Packers do have an advantage up there in that turf because they're used to it, and that's called home field advantage. That's fine. But well, uh, Flores did a hell of a job with them up there. I mean, they he did. He did. Was a uh, uh, yeah, probably the last time the Packers, the Packers looked terrible was uh, I, I think they've won. I want to say they've performed one in the last five games, but that's probably right. Yeah, I mean they're they're the on all that. I mean it was a that was such a bittersweet game for the Vikings because it did seem like a losing locker room with Kirk. Yeah, you look at how they played. You know, it was a dominant, dominant defensive performance. Yeah, and uh, and that's the other thing. Uh, uh, the Packers haven't seen uh, Josh Dobbs yet either, have they? Or whoever the Vikings are going to have at quarterback. You know, they they saw a little of uh, – did, did Jaron Hall come in to who – no, who relieved Kirk? Was it uh, after he well, went out? Jaron Hall had to come in. Yeah, and, yeah. okay. Um, so – Anyway, I, I you know yeah the the Packers look better. I, I'm 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 not a total believer of them yet. I don't know what the hell's wrong with KC, but uh, um, you know, and the Lions can look like <clears throat> world beaters, and then they can they can throw up an egg like they did against Baltimore, and then they got beat on they got beat on Thanksgiving Day at home against the Packers, which they typically win. Um, so that shows you how well the ta- Packers are playing. Uh, but I would push back a little bit and say I would think you can in, include in your list of people that are done are the Bears and the uh, uh, there's another team that's in the same same place as they are the Bears and the uh, Giants I would say they're done even though the Giants are playing better and the Bears can play people tough and they just beat the Vikings but uh, um, you know the rest of the teams there yeah they are battling a whole hassle of teams to for those spots and the bears got to do some climbing over some teams to get there so i would say they're done but uh um what do you see in the afc do you think uh uh there's been a little realignment of going on in there certainly not all the teams we thought i mean you know the dolphins are suddenly uh, sitting atop the the uh whole conference with uh, uh a nine and three record and tied with the ravens who are are good and the Chiefs come in at eight and four, and the Jaguars, who just lost their quarterback, are eight and four, and then the Steelers are still seven and five. So, uh, yeah, so Steelers, your brownies, your brownies are hanging in at number seven. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of it's quarterback related. I mean, uh, Carolina wins that game. I think they go to number one seed. <clears throat> so, they end up losing their quarterback. They lose to the Bengals. It's a different story, uh, but. You know the, the Chiefs don't have a number don't have a a re- dependable number one receiver. Uh, you keep kind of waiting for them to flip the switch, and they I don't think they have it this year. But that doesn't mean 
I mean, even in a bad year, there's still, you know, a team that's going to be right there in the playoffs. So no, not, not, not every year do you host the uh, conference championship game, I guess. Uh, yeah, th that string might be done for them. I mean, what did they have last five? The Chiefs have hosted. Uh, yeah, it's, it's incredible. I mean, Patrick yeah. Mahomes is a Hall of Fame player right now, and he's never played a road playoff game. <laughs> wow. I remember back in the 70s, the Vikings had a little string of that, too, because I went to a few of those NFC games where they always had to come through Minnesota to win the Super Bowl. It was uh, kind of fun back then, but those days are a long time ago. Yeah, and then another amazing story with the, the AFC, and especially with the number of quarterbacks that have been hurt, is, um, <clears throat> is the fact that Tua Tagaviola or whatever. Yep. I, that should be an easier name to pronounce because you hear it so much, but I can't do it. Um, must be COVID. You got COVID, yeah. You got yeah, COVID. I can barely keep from coughing. Um, but the fact that he started – I mean, here's a guy that almost retired because of his concussions, a guy that we all said, or at least I said, you know, I, I just don't know if I could go into a season trusting him to, to make it through a season. He might be the MVP. Yeah. Every game. So who knows? Yeah, I, I drafted him coming out uh, a couple times in my fantasy leagues, just thinking this was the this guy was going to be it. You know, next young thing coming up as a backup quarterback, and couldn't stay on the field. You know, for four years he just was like it looked like he was washing out, and suddenly, boom! It, it, their offense is incredible. Tyreek Hill, people are talking about him as the MVP. And it's you know it's incredible to, to think of you know Tyreek Hill just. Um... You know he's getting up there in age, and he's just he he looks as quick and as dangerous as he was, you know, five six years ago, and yeah. that's that's crazy. I'm sure I'll draft him next year, and he'll fall off the cliff for sure. You know? I would think he's going to fall off eventually, but yeah, it, you know, right now, you know that that offense, uh, what they're the power that they could do, what they could present. Um, to the state, you know, and you got the 49ers, I think are the best team in the, uh, you know, if I'm in the NFC, there's two teams I don't want to play and everybody else I'd be lining up, even the Cowboys. <clears throat> I mean, the Cowboys are that type of team and, and Dak is that kind of player where you're always like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But let's see what he does. Right. in the playoffs. There's always something that happens in the playoffs where you're like, oh, you know, Dak's good, but and it's sort of like a lot similar to what the discussions are about Kirk, I think, you know, it's like, you know, Kirk had a great year, but look what happened at the Giants game or, mm -hmm. you know, so, um, you know, if I'm the Vikings and you sneak in, you want to sneak in, obviously, uh, but you, you could get, you could get a, a game with, um, you know, the Cowboys or the, or the Lions. Uh, what, you know, do you think, and obviously they've won a Super Bowl since this happened, but, do you think the uh, Chiefs are ruining the 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 day that they didn't re-sign Tyreek Hill because they don't have that receiver and he is such a, he was such a great guy to help out you know uh, what's his name Travis Kelsey hope you know he Hill goes deep and opens it up for Kelsey to get everything and anything across. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I, think, I think the Chiefs put that to bed last when they won it the, the year they traded him. Right? Yeah, they won it. I mean, they got a lot. They got a lot in return for for a guy that was you know, up there in age, and they weren't gonna, they weren't able to pay him. You know, at the time was the highest paid for a receiver. So, and then they go on and they win the Super Bowl without him. I think that's, uh, I think where they probably made a mistake was they they had uh, two receivers that left. Um, uh, drawing blanks, but. Um, you know, that, that they just kind of assumed that maybe eh, anybody can kind of, you know, right. step in and do this. And we saw it in the opening night when, uh, was it Tony or whoever it was? We've seen a lot. We've seen the Chiefs drop a lot of football. So, yeah. Um, you have a guy that can do the, the best no look passes in the history of football, but if they can't catch him, they, they, <laughs> they don't make highlight films. He's, he's fooling them. He's fooling his receivers with those no look passes. Anyway, it, it makes up for uh, uh, interesting uh, things to watch. What, what do you think about your brownies? Are they going to hang tough and stay in there? I mean, they're they got their fingernails. They're hanging by their fingernails at the sub spot right now. I mean, there's plenty of time to go. But are they going to be able to figure it out at, 
at quarterback and and uh I mean they had Jake Browning there too didn't they for for a little for a cup of coffee I think they did. No no they didn't have he went right, right to Cincinnati okay that the other orange team never mind Yeah um I don't know. I have, I didn't, you know, I, I sort of, when I lose my survivor pick, I lost a lot of interest, Joe. So I was kind of like in a little oh. bit of an NFL morning this week. I didn't watch, I haven't watched the Browns. I don't know if how, uh, how, um, uh, the, defensive end, uh, the defensive end. Uh, oh, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. Yeah. Garrett, Miles Garrett. You know, he was, he was a defensive MVP or the player of the year, I think. Um, but then he hurt his shoulder, and I don't know how he played last week. Um, yeah. You know, uh, it's it kind of it's good to have Flacco, you know, sort of a veteran presence uh, in there. But I don't know how he played. Um, I don't think he played that well. You know, it looked yeah, like he was I mean, pretty rusty. To be expected. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I just think you they don't have it. They don't have anything a quarterback enough to to make the you know make it through the AFC. I still think. About the time we all write the Chiefs off is when they'll step up and remind us who they are, and uh, and even Buffalo, you know, Buffalo will. You know, we've sort of gotten soft on Buffalo, and yeah, but they got uh, they got they're one of their big studs on defense got arrested uh, last week too, Von yeah. Miller for for uh, the, the, their defense has been you know, injuries and that and everything yeah. else, but uh, I don't know. So. It'll be interesting. Um, all right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll let's take another break and we'll we'll finish up. We'll preview the uh, the Raiders a little bit because that's who the Vikings got next, and get to that award winning uh, prediction segment, which still hasn't received any awards. But uh, we'll do that when. Uh, so come on back to Vikings territory breakdown. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings territory breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark. Uh, yeah, we were talking about the Niners in the last in the last segment, but I want to bring it up again. They they handled the Eagles at home, and I saw uh, I saw something this morning. Uh, some some people discussing this online on X uh, about maybe it's time for uh, Marcus Mariota to come in for Jalen Hurts because he yeah. has a chance. And I and I'm sorry, I don't care. I don't see it. Just because he's a better passer, what? They're ten and two, right? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'd be making a quarterback change at ten and two. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they they uh, they have been beatable all year as well. I mean, they had they end up winning a lot of those games, which is a mark of a yeah. good team. Um, you know, and you wonder teams that are that good, like the Niners and the Eagles, that they can just. You know, is is this something that is that can happen in the NFL? They can just play, go up and down the court for 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 forty five minutes, and the last three minutes kick it in and and do it. And, then, and the Chiefs as well will start turning it on as we head to the playoffs, and the cream will ultimately rise. Is is that is that a thing in the NFL, or is that is that just a, a pipe dream? Well, I think sometimes it is. I, I think we saw it last week with the or two weeks ago with the Chiefs when they they were down. You know, fourteen nothing to the to the Raiders right out of the gate, and it was like, and the, they had minus yardage, and the, and um, then they just turned it around in the second half and and won. But I think when you, you know, the Forty ers are coming back up. The Chiefs have been up there, or the Eagles have been up there for so long, and I think they just kind of that tends to happen. Just like I think this week, you know, a lot of people talking about the Cowboys. You know, and, and the Cowboys do need to beat. Good team, but you know I have a feeling like the Eagles are gonna are gonna come in and dominate that game, and then you're gonna hear a different story about the Eagles. right, right. The Cowboys first finally beat their first team with a winning record, beating the Seahawks this week. Yeah. I just, go ahead. I don't see how the NFC doesn't come down to what it was last year, Philly and the 49ers. And the 49ers, you know, could have been a different story last year if they would have had a quarterback to finish the game. Um, you know, to me, when I watch that game on Sunday, I'm thinking if ever there was a chance that a that a running back, because the last running back to win MVP was was Adrian Peterson now 11 years ago. So to me, if, if, if there's a possibility of a, of a running back winning MVP, it would be Christian McCaffrey. And what he yeah. what he gives that team is, I mean, uh, 
just everything, the quickness, the power, the versatility. He makes he's Brock pretty than he is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when the Vikings played him, he wasn't 100%. Right. Um, uh, the receiver uh, did, did not play. Uh, Debo Samuel did not play. Uh, so it was a, and also the left tackle didn't play. You know, Trent Williams is one of, is a Hall of Famer. Uh, so when the Vikings got a hold of him, those three, that's three of their primary players, and that's why you didn't see Purdy at his best. So um, now they're back and they're they're healthy. You reminded me something that that goes along with the question I just asked about people turning it on. The, the, uh, I didn't have this on the agenda, but I want to hear what you think about it. You know, Kansas City was going to win that game. You know, until uh, several egregious refereeing errors. Not all. One of them was in Kansas City's favor, but the big one was. Tell me that was not pass interference at the five yard line. For what the hell? The guy tackles tackles the uh, Mar uh, Scanling, whatever his, his name is, MBS. You know, tackles through him to knock the ball out of the way. It's the only play on the field. The ball's there. It's wide open. There's not crowded by players. Every ref's got to be looking at that, and there was no flag. Give me a bloody break! How is that not? A are you are you saying that the that the league prefers the Packers, Joe, and that they they favor the Packers and they want the Packers to win? Well, you can't say that because of the previous penalty. They they smoked uh, uh, the guy that the defensive back that hit hit uh, Patrick Mahomes before he went out of bounds. It was a legal hit, and they they flagged. They never should have. They never should. Well, I, I don't. The officiating, the officiating has gotten. It's not gotten any better, in my opinion. It really it's, hasn't. It just, I really struggle with the, you know, some of the things that are that are you know roughing the passer. It's, I don't know. It, it's almost become expected. Like you know, you see anymore if the borderline stuff. If they don't call the borderline stuff, you oh my gosh, why didn't they do this? It's like, you know, I. And it was like go back to Josh Dobbs. Do you think about how how much football has changed? Um, and, and and a lot of it's good because these guys are these guys are so much different than say like the seventies, eighties. They're they're machines that could could literally kill each other if 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 left completely to do whatever they want, you know. So you do have to get some of this stuff out of the game. And the guy who hit Dobbs um, in Denver. Yep, Brown. I think his last name. He's he's a problem problem player that they have right now. But I was thinking when that happened, and I didn't have as good a look at it until I did the next morning. It was like you know what they would have said in the old days: don't leave the pocket, don't leave the pocket. <laughs> like, if you leave the pocket, that's what's going to happen to you. Right. It, it did change the game. It, it changed. Um, and I'm not saying with Jeff, Justin Jefferson's numbers, uh, he's a great player, but. There is there is a freedom that receivers play with now that that they didn't have even in Randy Moss's time even in uh, I mean I think Randy if you put Randy Moss in the game today uh, what what he was in the first you know his well throughout his whole career really but yeah uh, those numbers that people are saying now first three years first two three four five years you wouldn't stop Randy Moss I mean it would, every play would. Every game would be uh, that uh, Vikings uh, Cowboys Thanksgiving 1998. <laughs> Seriously, it would, if you couldn't touch Randy Moss, or you couldn't do anything to him. Yeah, I just go back to this this commercial they had way back when. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. It was for Noxzema or something, and they show this punt returner waiting for the thing, for the ball, and and the voiceover says, "This guy's gonna get creamed." And all of a sudden, <laughs> some guy just comes, just launches at him and, and just drills him as perfectly timed, legal hit as as the ball came in. And, uh, you know, back then you say, wow, you know, and I, I just remember somewhere Kyle Koselke's uh, uh, safety blitzes on quarterbacks. Uh, Gary Danielson, one in particular, comes to mind from the Lions. People hit the snot out of people back then. I mean, you got Daryl Stingley who 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 became a parapl or quadriplegic, I think, or whatever, just because of spinal cord injury. I mean, it, it's so good that they've changed that, um, but uh, it is a different game. I, you know, they they do go too far in protecting the quarterback sometimes, and they certainly go too far in protecting the stars. But then again. It, I, I put on here. There, there's 
the quarterbacks are leaving in droves this year. All the starting quarterbacks are gone. And, you know, the NFL is is bummed, and they're probably even going to continue with more quarterback protection. If you breathe on them, you're going to get a penalty. Yeah, but, but, I mean, two of the best quarterbacks in the league didn't get touched, I don't think. You know, Aaron Rodgers, four snaps into the season. Granted, he was getting pursued or right. I think maybe brought down, but it wasn't. He's old. And so is Kirk. That's why their 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 tenders are snapping. And Kirk literally did not get touched. And I remember right. in the hallway talking to him when he was talking about the your Minnesota Golfer magazine, um, just talking about how he, how weird it was. He said I went back and it just it wasn't there. It just because my leg just just like it almost like it disappeared. It was just like. And wow. so it was just that it was just time for it to go, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can sit there and say, well, <laughs> but I had to laugh because we were like talking about how they shouldn't play on grass anymore. It's like uh, we've come full circle from the AstroTurf. We don't play on turf. To, nah, right. nah. So a few people play on grass. It's like, well, you know, he, he got hurt because he played on grass. No, uh, that ain't it. I just, you know, things are going to happen. These, these guys are moving so fast. They're trying to get away from people. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a way of protecting the quarterback, but you, you you can lose the integrity of the game as well. And I think I think that's kind of the way it's going. You know, you 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 sent me this stat from your story uh, that you wrote about. You said there's been 53 starting quarterbacks this year. There were 69 last year, so Q, QBs have always gone down. I mean, it's you know, and and uh, you said I believe 18 teams have been able to start the same quarterback every week. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess I shouldn't freak out about it. And and they have done that to protect the game. They they want to keep the quarterbacks in there. They're the stars. It's a quarterback driven league. You know, uh, uh, say what you will about Tariq Hill or 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 somebody other non quarterback. It's still probably going to be a quarterback that wins the MVP. That's the way it is. You have to do. I get it. But um, sometimes I, I just I just think it it's gone too far. And some of these uh, game changing calls like roughing the quarterback are just just not that you know these guys are trying not to fall on them when they take down a quarterback you know how do you not how do you not fall with most of your weight on the quarterback i mean after you you know it's 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 so difficult for the defense these days um i don't want to go back to the days where they're getting creamed but uh you know it sometimes can be too much the other way so Maybe I've already said that. You yeah, know. I think the way that you know the way that the league is officiated now, there's just so much of, well, let the play, let it play out, you know, so that uh, you know the booth gets to review it, so the coach doesn't have to throw a flag or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> so, how many times are we seeing like a defense make a play? The whole stadium, at least the people who are watching it closely, know that it was an incomplete pass or it was it's not going to hold up. So we have to go through the whole thing of. You know, now the defenders all have to run into the end zone, do their celebration, hand the ball to someone, blah, blah, blah. Then they bring it back, and, and it doesn't stand up. I mean, you see it every game, I think. Right, right. It's becoming, and, and this is, you know, we're like the, uh, the little Muppets thing in the corner there where the two old guys screaming about this stuff. Um, and the Muppets still haven't sold, haven't sued us on that yet. Oh, uh, God, I better, better hide that. Yeah. So, uh, but – yeah, you know, to me that's just you see it. You know, I, I, there it happens every game. We're like, oh, here, here we go. Here comes the, you know, oh, we're gonna take a picture. We're all gonna fall down. We're all gonna waddle, whatever. Right. And you no, know, it's like, come on, get back to the middle of the field so that you know they can say that it wasn't a fumble or it wasn't a whatever. So yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, I think it could be officiated a lot more crisply. But I feel like they're, they're, you know, these guys are in a, a difficult situation because they have the eye in the sky over their shoulders. They're yeah. kind of told to do certain things, and it's not coming natural. And it's it just to me, it hurts the game. It's just there's too much, there's too much stoppages. There's too much. I mean, you want you want it to get right, but it's just it's a nonstop progression of you know. Well, they had to do this so that this you know. It's just too much. And to be- I, I, if I, I were to make any change, I would want them to add review to uh, pass interference for egregious pass interference. Well, they tried that. They tried I, that. I, I, no, no, 
in Green Bay. I don't care, just anywhere else, but just yeah, in Green Bay. Yeah. And they, I tried, was, yeah, they thought that that was going to be cure everything. That playoff game in New Orleans, and that, yeah. that was probably the, the worst experiment that's ever happened in the NFL when it comes to officiating because they started off overdoing it, and then they realized they were overdoing it, so then they didn't call it at all. Right, and it was just a total cluster the entire season. That they was at 2020, I think they did it. Uh, but yeah, that was a total mess. Well, I have one more complaint from that Green Bay Kansas City game. Why does Taylor Swift hate us? You know what? What's the deal? What? What's up, Mark? Come on, she's the she's the Time Magazine's Person of the Year, and she can't come to the great Twin Cities metropolitan area. You know, and she goes up there. She got her comeuppance. They, you know, she they they got beat. You know, as a result. So that that, that, that first, was that her first loss in person. Yes, yeah, so yeah. it was. You know, again, she she got to find someone else. I saw somebody talking about her <laughs> morning Joe this morning, and this woman says they were talking about sports. She goes, "I don't know what you guys are talking about because Taylor, Taylor Swift's boyfriend isn't any of these teams that you're talking about." So I don't know anything about it, which I thought was. Well, pretty it's, it's, got to find out if is George Kittle is he single maybe she can upgrade to George okay we better you know, I do want to mention Harrison Phillips is the uh is the uh Walter Payton man of the year nominee for the Vikes congratulations to him Mark yeah quickly you know anything about you know, what do you know about Harrison as a guy seems like a uh, pretty good dude and and I'm not sure I don't know I'm not up on what he's done off the field but obviously he's he's made his mark <clears throat> oh yeah, well, I did a big story on him when he came in. Uh, was the last year, rookie year was, or not rookie year, but it came from the Bills last year. Yeah. And I remember talking to um, Leslie Frazier. Leslie was like, "Mark, he goes, this is what kind of guy he is." He goes, "Our mayor knows him by first name, you know, and stuff like that." And um, talking to the Vikings about you know his off the field stuff, and he's got his Harrison. Um, I forget what they call it, but it, it's uh, it's a it's a program where it helps um, um, learning disabled children, and and uh, he really, you know, genuinely seems to like just live for this stuff to be like the the when they right. bring people out um, to be a leader in that regard. And um, talking to the Vikings, I was like, you know, don't blow any smoke. I want to kind of know what he's like. I don't want to like you know the cliches and all this. And the best story that I heard was when they handed out like their their Vikings, their volunteer uh, T-shirts that they wear when they get when they're when they go to a playground build or whatever. He asked to have two so he could have one in his car. So if he's out on a Tuesday and wanted to go somewhere, he would have, always have a T-shirt. Nice. Kind of cool, you know. Yeah. But yeah. And, and what I always said if he if he played, he could kind of own the you know, his personality. I thought would be would come out a little more larger than life when he mm -hmm. last year, but he didn't play as well last year. Right. Uh, so maybe you're seeing some more of that. I think he's playing a lot better. I think he is a much better uh, player, like a lot of these guys, under Flores than he was Donatello. Yeah, I was going to mention he's having a good year on the field too. So congratulations to him. I hope he gets it. It would be nice. It seems like a great dude. Uh, better get to the Raiders. They're coming in a uh, team with an interim coach who the players want to play for. Monte Adams is still a, a threat. He's 15th in reception, 16th in yards, and 35th in scoring. Josh Jacobs uh, is always a problem. He's sixth in the NFL in rushing. And uh, who on their defense is going to be a problem for the Vikings? What, what, what's your uh, rundown on the Raiders? Uh, you heard of number 98, Max Crosby. Uh, yeah. Max Crosby is kind of like a, a Jared Allen type where uh, – Although Jared always lined up on the right side and was the same spot all the time, which a lot of yeah, that was what kind of what they did back then. They didn't move around as much, uh, but yeah, Crosby's just a guy that's you know he's a great player. He's nonstop motor. Um, they better be you know the both tackle and Brian O'Neill did not uh, against the Bears did not have a very good game. I don't know how he graded out or right. or anything, but. You know, he, he, he struggled with Sweat, Montez Sweat, uh, which could, you know, you better get that fixed because Montez Sweat's going to be around a while now. Right. Like from Washington. So, you know, primarily it's you, you got to keep Crosby off your quarterback. Um, yeah, and, you know, Carlson, uh, the kicker, is, we're going to have another another game with him. 
Uh, he's one of the best in the league. Uh, you know, it's a team that's too, you know, they, they show their typical NFL impatience. The same time that uh, KOC and Quasi were, were hired, the GM and the head coach and the Raiders were hired. They don't even make it 25 games. They get fired. Both of them get fired. Wow. So they, they've gone two and two since that. Um, they also fired the offensive coordinator because offensive coordinator didn't agree with, you know, maybe starting O'Connell as opposed to keeping with Garoppolo. So now you have this Aiden O'Connell fourth round draft pick. I think he's two and three, but two and two in the last four games. Um, I feel like it could be a game where even though they're playing out there, that this is this is one where I think Flores, you know, shines a little bit when it was like. Yeah, I don't do. want him anywhere near Mark Davis. Thank you very much. Yeah, so uh, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe uh, you want to take the right situation. I don't. I don't think Brian Flores is going to take any situation. Yeah, after all he's been through and the Miami experience and uh, the fact that he's still relatively, he's like early forties. He's not going to be jumping at anybody. So he didn't jump last year when uh, Arizona wanted somebody. So that'd be, that'd be not that there won't be a lot of good. There'll probably be some good opportunities for him. So no chance he stays. Oh, you know, I I don't know Have to see who was available. He will get multiple interviews. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see him solidify the defense one more year and we get we get the Vikings offense going back again one more year with Kirk and KOC because they seem to really start clicking at the first half of the year until he got injured. So one more would be nice, but uh we still got this year to this year to worry about. We still have this week to worry about. Mark, you uh, did well in the prediction segment for uh, uh for our podcast last week because there was you didn't lose any ground. So I'm just didn't lose any ground, yeah. Yeah, so I got a I still got a one old, one game lead on you, but it's getting tight, just like the NFC for the Vikings. Who you got with the Vikings going out? Well, I mean, you got it. Although we should add also that looking at the you know, they've uh, Oakland or Oakland Vegas has thrown seventeen interceptions. Their turnover mark differential is almost as bad as the Vikings, <laughs> minus seven to minus eight. So That's maybe maybe then whenever the Vikings throw the ball to them, the, the Raiders will throw it back to them. So. We'll see some of that going back and forth, but uh, I think you. I mean, as long as I'm whoever's trailing's gotta gotta go first. I, I'm gonna be. Vikings. Wait, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess that you're taking the Vikings. Yes, I mean they got they got the week. They had the week off. They they had to reconnoiter. They had to hunker down. They had to you know figure things out. They did a self scout. I'm sure you'll hear all of this this afternoon when KOC talked, and I think they're gonna figure it out and come together and, and have some new wrinkles for Dobbs against the, uh, against the Raiders that they have. And I think uh, um, Brian Flores is going to show some th- wrinkles at this uh, rookie quarterback out there. He's been playing well for him, but you know, I, I, I think they will be all right. Yeah. I think it, you can, there's no advantage with the bye week because the Raiders had a bye as well. Oh, did they? Uh, Doesn't matter. But you know, I feel like, uh, yeah, it's getting it's getting late, but uh, there's no way you're going to pick against them twice against Detroit. So I still have some, uh, I still have some room here to, to like catch up. But so I, I'm going to go with the Vikings because Shit, that's not good. The Vikings because you know I, I just feel like I mean I almost went I almost picked the Bears. You did as close as I came to pick the you know, closest I came to picking the Bears was not taking the Vikings with my my survivor pick that week because I was just like this. Has a bad feel to me. Wow! But uh, this, in saying that, the bad feel that I had there, coupled with the bye week, uh, you know, the fact that the def- you know, the defense, the offense kind of can take a breath. You get Jefferson back, and you get Flores, you know, another week to go after a rookie. I feel like uh, it'll be the Vikings. It'll be it'll be one score game, of course. Well, let's let's just say that you probably do. Not here, but you know, we're 0 5 last week in the paper. So you're, you're probably I, due for it to be right. I'm actually, because normally I'll take, uh, I'm not ashamed to say this, but I take maybe 10 minutes to like do my picks. Because it's like, I, the more you think about it, it doesn't really matter, does it? No, I mean, you have no say. You have no say. Feeling you sort of know, but you sort of think you know, but we don't know. So, but I, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try a little harder this week because 0 and 5 is is uh, that's pretty bad. That that that's a that's a tough one. I saw someone trolling you on online saying, "Yeah, it's like oh god, the the Bengals well, are all tonight." Well, 
<laughs> normally I normally I have a good a good sense of humor, so I, I don't like uh but I was like totally one of those Twitter tone deaf people because yep. the guy said looks like Mark has uh, the Bengals as a lock tonight, and then I, I thought that he misread it. You so, tell him to read it again it slowly this time. So I'm 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 lecturing him and it if someone else sends it, sends it like some people and they laugh and I'm like, oh God. I was I was about ready to comment myself. I saw it and I, I would check the responses. As someone beat me to it, he said, "Mark, I think he's saying that." Uh, I did, but then I said, "Oh, okay." I didn't real at that point. I didn't realize I had gone over four. So, yeah. that's tough. You put it out there in public, you're gonna get that. Oh, so, yeah. more power to you for throwing it out there. Every every year when you do your like your preseason picks, your preseason, you know, like. Uh, and then someone will send it to you the next year, and like reminding you of. I don't even remember who I took, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, can we stop doing this?" Because it's in, you know. I almost did that in in my formative years in the seventies. You know, the Vikings went to four Super Bowls in the seventies, and Doctor D from Sports Illustrated never picked them. Never. In fact, you know, he was, you know, and I thought, God, I'm going to send him a letter and say, see, they won the division again, and they went to the playoffs, and they went to the Super Bowl. So are you ever going to pick these guys? He would never pick them. In fact, when, when the Super Bowl was here, first one, I had a press pass, and I was going to it. At the check-in, I was standing in line right behind him. And I thought, God, I should just let him have it. But, you know, I didn't. It wasn't right. They, they, they won the division. He wouldn't even pick them to win the division. Oh. Oh, I thought you wouldn't pick him to win the Super Bowl. I'm like, he sounded pretty smart to me. So that's that's uh, that's a sign. It's time for us to go. Mark Craig, thanks so much for your insight every week. Uh, Mike Waldem, behind the scenes producing. Thank you. Thanks everybody for tuning in and checking us out. And be sure to do that next week when we break down the uh, uh, Vikings Raiders game. That'll be a big one. Every everyone was big on the way out here. And uh, thanks, Joe Johnson, for putting us here. So until next week, thanks, everybody, and skull. Skull.